Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast on a fine, fine Thursday evening here. Uh, it is myself, John Anderson, in the hot seat once again. Um, joining me tonight, we've just got, it's, it's just the two of us, Johnny. Welcome. Quality over quantity today. That's it, yes. Well, we, we all know that, you know, sometimes it, we get the best chat when it is just the just the, 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 the A-team. Really, I'll, I'll, I'll call it, I'll weigh my... Well, you know, I'll put my colours on the mast here. The A team are in session tonight. Put a lot of faith in the rest of not listening, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, I'm, I'm desperate that they are because you know I love a wind up. So, uh, yeah, so we, we just me and Johnny here tonight. So we're going to take a whistle stop tour through uh, that that Scotland lineup. That came out earlier on today. We'll also have a look at uh, some of the some of the. We'll have a quick quick talk about the Rugby World Cup, the Women's Rugby World Cup, and then we'll have a wee chat about the final set of URC fixtures prior to the international break. Those of you who are sitting there going, "Well, there's an international and URC, but that's not meant to happen." We will touch on that. We will cover that for you. Oh, and- you better believe we will. <laughs> <laughs> So, if you have stumbled upon us for the very first time, welcome, you crazy people. Where have you been? Otherwise, uh, if you if you like what you hear, you like what you see, you're not going to like what you see. Too baldy guys rocking it, but um, that you could can, be someone's thing. Maybe people aren't the right side. I, I believe, and we might have an OnlyFans page for that as well. So, uh, <laughs> um, but if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to Patreon.com/slash Scottish Rugby Podcast, where you can get uh, for three pounds a month, you can get access to exclusive content. Um, we put out the podcast in its entirety. Uh, those of you who have been with us for a wee while know that uh, about an hour into the podcast, we usually switch over and do our uh, our, our world-famous Hands in the Ruck section where 
uh, myself and the guests cut loose a wee bit, get a wee bit sweary and generally put the world of rugby to rights uh, in the nicest possible way. Uh, sometimes not so nice, actually, but, you know, uh, you have to be part of the Patreon group to, to experience that. So for £3 a month, you can get that. You can also get exclusive content such as interviews, things we do, um, stuff behind the paywall. Like, like all these podcasts, you, you know, sometimes to get the good stuff, you've got to put out a wee bit of the cash. So. Um, yeah, head on over there. We are, we're always so grateful to the support that we, we get from you guys. So, uh, yeah, please head over there if you can. Uh, other than that, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, I'm just checking the chat. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, right. So, we, we are here to talk rugby. Um, well, we start, Johnny. Well, that was the first of all, can I just say that was the quickest. Like of the intros, I think I've ever done. Wasn't it? We're, at, we're on to rugby in uh, six minutes. I can think of a few podcasts that need to take a, a wee bit of a lesson from that. Yeah, exactly. Not it's... naming any names, Blood and Wood. <laughs> uh, 10 seconds in, and John's camera's already freezing. I apologize in advance if that happens. Um, I, I have a young child uh, eating bandwidth for breakfast through there at the moment. So um, there is, there is, there's. Perhaps there should be enough bandwidth for all going round, but who knows? Maybe we're being censored. Who knows? But uh, right, let's talk rugby, Johnny. Um, Scotland, Australia at the weekend, uh, the first of the Autumn Nations series. Is this what we call it these days? Uh, yes. Because obviously, when Amazon got involved, we had to have a snappy name for it. And it is the Autumn Nations series. Excellent, which sounds hard. So they're not doing it like I liked the year. I know it's COVID enforced. I quite like well, the, the Crazy Cup. Yeah, I like the year. That, that, yeah, they done the, the the final in that. That was good. Yeah, but obviously they they you know there's other stuff they can't do that. So that's fine. Um, before we get into the teams and stuff, obviously the Scotland team's been announced today. Um, just want if. Highlight and flag to to people listening. Uh, MD uh, listen to this before the game. Um, we've got a, a request for fan fans of rugby. Obviously, we we on this podcast we've covered the 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 um, Siobhan Catigan, um tragic circumstances surrounding her death, and we as as a supporter group we've had to request to support the idea of uh, a little bit of a tribute to Siobhan, uh a, a wonderful wonderful servant for scottish rugby in the short time uh, that she was in the, the dark blue shirt um so the idea is in the 8th minute of the the autumn series fixtures uh we're looking for people to stand up round of applause cheering do do all the the kind of celebratory stuff celebrate Siobhan's life uh in, in that way, so we're going to promote that on on the social medias. This uh, I just come through uh, from from friend of the pod, Alan McDonald. You'll have seen him uh, promoting this today, uh, and I believe Alan might might be kind of working in the background, uh, waiting for me to to, to promote this tonight. So um, yeah, please. What we would say is this isn't a criticism of the SRU. This is not a. It's not a protest. It's not a. It's not anything to do with the SRU. This is more about celebrating someone who represented our country with pride and was taken too too soon, and um, celebrating that by by on eighth minute of the game, just um, get a round of applause going. So uh, the games I'm at, I'll be I'll be up and about doing that. So please uh, f- please join us, and hopefully we can. Build that. The I, I believe the All Blacks game could be a could be a momentous. Um, you know, obviously with all the world cameras on us for that, that could be incredible to to celebrate one of our own. So uh, that that's the that's the, the sad bit of kind of um, request uh, that's going out. And you can see I'm tripping over my words a wee bit. I'm kind of struggling a wee bit with it because uh, it, it's 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 hard, Johnny, isn't it? It's hard to cover these topics. You you know, we've 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 done bits and pieces over the last few months, and and spoken to a few other people. And obviously, we were lucky to to have Ellis on not that long ago, who's ended up in the squad. And it's yeah, when you see stuff like that happening to to players that are around 
that that we kind of know within the squad having to go through the stuff that they've had to go through. It's it's really 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 horrible. And obviously, what happened to Javon was 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 tragic. And you know, like you say, we're we're not making a point with this at the weekend. We're not out to get the SRU or anything like that. It's just the fact that you know her family and friends have been doing this all the way through the World Cup. She deserves to be remembered. And and this is a really nice way of doing it. So hopefully people can get behind it. Yeah, fingers crossed. And uh, yeah, if you need any more information on it, feel free to reach out uh, to myself or Johnny or the podcast, and we're we're happy to happy to give any information on that. Um, so it'd be really nice to if everybody could support that. Um, speaking of supporting, um, moving moving on to the the Scotland team. Um, right, let, let's cover the side, Johnny. Which 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 side would you like to start? I know you're a back. Yeah, I was going to say backs, obviously. Backs, obviously, yeah, because that's actually... They're at the top of the team sheet as well, so... Exactly, you put the important boys at the top. So, uh, start, starting from from 15 uh, down, we've got Ollie Smith at fullback, uh, Darcy Graham, uh, then Mark Bennett, Sione Tuopoloto, uh, Duhan van der Merwe, Blair Kinghorn at 10, and then Ali Price at 9. Given the... So Glasgow announced their team a couple of, and I don't know why they do this, right? But maybe we'll touch on that at some point. But so Glasgow announcing their team earlier on today really narrowed down. It, it kind of removed all suspense for most Scotland fans because you're like, yeah, I can pretty much name that team. The only thing was who's on the bench, who's not, and even then, it was it was pretty predictable. What what's your take on the backs, just generally, Johnny? It's probably the best backline that we've got available, I would say, for this weekend. Um, there's a couple of calls in there where you you might think that people are are hard done by. Um, was surprised to not see Kyle Stain involved at all, given that he's been made captain of Glasgow this year. So obviously, uh, either Glasgow think a lot more highly of him than Scotland do, and and they think he's worthy of being a captain. Scotland don't think he's worthy of even being in the squad. Um, I would have expected to see him at least kind of involved for this game. There's obviously players coming in that are going to take shirts away from from one or two of the people involved in that back line. But yeah, strange to see the captain of one of the pro teams not involved at all. I would think. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I take your point in that. So playing devil's advocate on that. So Kyle Stain's just back from another another injury. He's he's been out for a few weeks. Mark Bennett's been. Let's say tearing up trees for Edinburgh. Mark Bennett's been playing very well for Edinburgh. Um, Townsend spoke a lot in his <laughs> in his press release for the squad <laughs> about rewarding form. Now, it's a nice, easy one for him to be like, Mark Bennett's playing really well. Let's reward that and let's give him the 13 jersey. And I, I don't disagree with that decision. I think that's the right call. I'm surprised Kyle Steen isn't in the 23. Because again, that versatility of being able to kind of cover back three, cover cover thirteen. We we start to look a little bit um any injuries in the backs, we start to look a little bit sparse. Because we've got George Horn, um, Ross Thompson, and uh, Damien Hoyland on the bench. Yeah. Which was a bit of a surprise, yeah. Um so Hoyland obviously covers back three. I don't think he's played anywhere else. Not that I can remember. Ross Thompson's covered 10 <laughs> and 15 for Glasgow. The less don't. we speak about that, the better. <laughs> Theoretically, I, he's covered 15 for Glasgow. I bet, because I've obviously just won a bet, but I would happily put £10 on with anyone that Ross Thompson will come on at fullback as opposed to fly half. If Ross Thompson comes on, it'll be at 15 and Blair Kinghorn will play the 80. Can and we not? Can we not? Exactly, yeah. But we, we will see how Do that you know, actually, theoretically, now you mention it, I would not be opposed to Ross Thompson coming on for Ollie Smith and Ross Thompson going to 10 and Blair Kinghorn going to 15. And I know well, Craig the- said at home going, he's not <laughs> back Yes, I mean... Th- I, I would I would say theoretically, hypothetically, uh, definitely, I would 100% agree with that. 
Um, that would be, and it would be interesting to see how the team develops if that happened. Um, that was some that, of the best attacking rugby we played in the Argentina tests. Yeah, the second half when he was with, on with at fullback, yep. and King on the fifteen. Yeah. But we are where we are, and that's uh, we we've got the Kinghorn experiment is still, and I'm going to keep calling it that because I know it winds people up. Um, yeah, Blair, Blair is at ten, and he, you know, I think we're obviously we're going to that's the that is the decision we're going to concentrate on because you know it doesn't matter. Like we, I think in Scotland, and I've seen a lot of the coverage from certain fans on this, and the you know we've had the the Britney Spears esque leave Blair alone camp we've had we've had all sorts of things and i think it's really important to note that every country in the world does this when it comes to their playmaker you know yeah. like the there, there's literal documentaries on it like the the, the irish 10 shirt the rivalry between o'gara and sexton there's literal documentaries on it because They've, of how important it is the all blacks have have played Bowdoin Barrett in about 11 different positions to try and get him, and, him and Richie Moonga at the same time. It's, it's not just us. No, it's not. It's not. And um, Although it doesn't, it doesn't seem to be as like fractious in other countries. I think in other countries they're a bit like, ah, fine, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll play everyone and see what happens. Whereas, like you say, in Scotland, it's either like, get Blair King on out of that shirt, he's garbage. Or they'll like, go, leave him alone, he should be playing. Like, can we not just all be sound, would be my question. Well, that's it, yeah. I think, like, ultimately, we are where we are. And I think, like, it's something I've reflected on as well. And, like, last, when the squad was announced, and obviously there was no Finn Russell, I'm annoyed there's no Finn Russell, but I did try to steer it away from there's no Finn Russell and Blair Kinghorn, rah! Because it isn't his fault. Whether yeah. I think he's a, a, a bang average 10 or not doesn't change... The fact he's in there, that's that's Gregor Townsend's decision and he gets paid a lot of money to make that terrible decision. So good good job being sound there. <laughs> yeah, you know. I, I, what I will say is that with the, the situation that everybody's in, the rugby they've played recently, what their form's like, which as we all know is the most important thing. The most important um, thing in the world. That's the best backline we could come up with, and Blair Kinghorn at ten is the best option we have got this weekend. Aye, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think that's fair. Now we um, might come on to the fact that there was someone tonking fifty-five meter drop goals just south of the border on Friday night, as if as if to say, "Why is everyone talking about Blair Kinghorn? Have you forgotten about me?" <laughs> um, who's going to appear in camp on Monday morning? So everything yeah. might change then. And to be fair, I don't think this is a possibility, but uh, every press conference Gregor has now done since that decision with Finn Russell, he has had to answer the question, can Finn Russell come back into camp? And he's like, yeah. yes, no player is out the camp. So it would be the most Townsend thing ever to do, to be like, do you know what, I'm bringing Finn Russell in on Monday morning and then I'm not going to play him for the three games, but I'm going to bring him in and I'm going to send him home. It just peaked towns. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Finn Russell. We're here to talk about the guys in the shirts at the weekend. Um, I said in our group chat earlier on, Johnny, that I think, and I wasn't, I actually wasn't doing this to wind up Craig, although it did come across like that because I always do that. This, this for me is an absolutely crucial game. I did think this was a really good point, actually. Yeah. Blair Kinghorn has got, he's, he's been given the reins. He's been told, you're my 10. Hopefully, the, the team has developed a game plan around what Blair Kinghorn offers, which we know there is there's positives to his game. He's a more direct player than uh, than the playmakers that haven't got the shirt. I think it'll be really interesting because this is this is an Australia team for me that can be beaten and, and not to name drop. I was speaking to Chris Patterson about this very topic the other day, um, and. We were saying exactly that. Chris, Chris is adamant. This is an Australia team there for the picking, but the team needs to play Blair Kinghorn rugby. And yeah. if they don't, we're going to lose. And the thing that, that has everybody has to remember, and this includes like the coaching staff, uh, people who love Blair Kinghorn, people who hate Blair Kinghorn, everybody, is no matter what happened, Blair Kinghorn was playing this weekend. Yeah. 
Like Finn, Finn Russell was never able to play in this game. He was never available. Adam Hastings was never available. This has been Blair Kinghorn's game since it was announced. Yeah, that yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah, because of the, the because for those of you not aware, um, if there's a few who's joining us and you're coming to rugby and wondering why we're talking about an international, but we're saying Hastings is not available, Russell's not available. Uh, this this game is outside the international window, meaning uh, there is. Uh, no obligation, despite the fact um, like teams like Bath don't have a game this weekend. Uh, there is no obligation for, for uh, English clubs to release players uh, to the Scotland camp. Um, so, hence why Cameron Redpath will not be playing this weekend. Uh, he'll also not be playing for Bath because they're not playing. But he is in camp and he is training. But, uh, yeah, so I, I agree with you. I think you know, people do need to realise... Like it or all that the Kinghorn experiment is here for at least the next year. We are we're going to a World Cup. Where Kinghorn's going to the World Cup is a second choice ten, possibly a first choice ten. Which, if that happens, there'll be different conversations happening because Autumn Internationals is slightly different to going to a World Cup. Um having had four years to build a squad for it, and then a year out from it, you go, do you know what? Here's the keys to the Porsche, mate. On you go. You are in charge now. Ridiculous. Um, what what, we, what about the other backs? Obviously, the other the other names that stand out, and there's a couple of positional things, but let's let's talk that, obviously, the massive fillet of getting Duhan van der Merwe back up north, meaning he's available for this game. Him and Darcy Graham, possibly, like, Darcy's probably the form winger in Europe at this point. If they get these guys the ball, they could they, they could cause Australia a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah. And I genuinely think there's a strong argument to be made for Edinburgh have the best back three in, in world club rugby, to be honest, with, with Darcy Graham, Duhan van der Merva and, and Emiliano Buffelli. I think you'd struggle to find a better back three than that anywhere. Um, and both Darcy and Duhan have been on incredible form. So it'll be exciting. It's it's a really big coup, actually, for, for Scotland to get that uh, Duhan back for this game. Yep. Um, you know, we saw how good his defence got when he was down at Worcester. His defending kept us in the series against Argentina in the summer. And that's something that that was maybe lacking from his game for a while. Now that it's there, he's basically got an all round game. He does, yeah. And you saw it in the Lions tour as well. Actually, you saw you saw the start of that kind of. Uh, and yeah. I know some of the press went to town on positional, you know, some of his positional play for a couple of the tries. But again, you're like, well, you're playing against some of the best wingers in the world. Guess yeah. what? We're not always spot on. Oh, he, he can't kick. He still doesn't kick. If I was like six foot two and 115 kilos and as fast and strong as Duan van der Merva, I wouldn't bother kicking either. So, yeah. Uh, I, 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 yeah. And I, I mean, the fact that he's, he's closer to six five than six two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. But yeah. his aerial defense has improved as well. He's able to deal with a high ball. Yeah, he doesn't kick the ball. But as you rightly say, if, you, if you're that good and that big, you tend not. You don't drag defenders into rucks by kicking the ball to them. You do it by running over the top of them and dragging three three defenders in to tackle you. So yeah. he knows he knows what he's doing. So yeah, yeah. We've got Scotland have got and, plenty of kickers, and, and it's a lot easier for one of them to kick once there's two or three defenders out of position <laughs> in the back line. So well, let them run well, into let, them. Let's touch on one of those kickers actually, who has become a bit of a surprise package for his kicking game this year, but is rightly been. Maybe rewarded for home form as opposed to away form. So two below two at twelve. Um, I know lots of people don't think it's his best position, but I think for Glasgow this year, I think he's shown the coaching team last year said two below two has got one of the best tactical kicking games they've seen. He just doesn't do it much because he's such a good runner with the ball. This year we're starting to see it more, and it's almost like Franco Smith's bringing it out a wee bit in him. His kicking game's been brilliant this year. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. Uh, his his infield kicking, and uh, yeah, like you say, is sort of like almost like attacking kicking game. Yeah, yeah. As as we like dinks through chips over finding space in the, in behind the backs has it's been really really good. Yeah, um, and that's yeah. something 
that we, we maybe haven't seen a huge amount of from Blair Kinghorn for Scotland. Yes. It'll be interesting to have Sione in, in there at 12 and see if it's something that we can maybe start to bring out a little bit. Yeah, because again, it's interesting to think about that that 10, 12, 13 axis as well. Obviously, Mark Bennett at 13, we've touched on. I think Mark Bennett's all-round game has, as you would expect with a player who you know, has has grown with experience. I think his all-round game is is improved. His defence has certainly improved. But that potential, that 10, 10, 12, 13, has the potential to be incredibly direct. Like, Bennett, Bennett obviously is rapid, really, not as quick as he was in his in his youth. Obviously, knee injuries have set, set that back. But he's like, like a lot of rugby players. You might have even seen this in the club game when you know you see a guy go down with an ACL or um, you know a serious knee injury. First thing they do, they're back in the gym and it's well, I'm going to put on ten clicks and I'll become a bit more crash ball, I'll be a bit more direct. I'm not as quick anymore, but I can fair run through people. And Bennett's he's got a bit more about him in that sense now. So I think like Scotland do have the potential if the weather isn't great this weekend or. Um, or if it's just that sort of day, they've got the potential to be really direct. Yeah. I don't know if that's the way to beat Australia. <laughs> <laughs> to, do you know, it's probably a worry when, when the person in the back line that you most want running at you is Darcy Graham. Yes. yes. <laughs> there's there's a lot of options to be coming down your throat there. None of them are good. Well, that that's the thing as well. Let's talk, talk we'll, we'll move on to the forwards in just a second. But the, the other, obviously, we've said Ollie Smith at fullback. So, again, a player who has, last season, he was one of the players for me in the Glasgow shot that probably probably one of the only guys to come out with pass marks um, in, the, in the time he played. You know, he came on a couple of tries. He, look, he looks a much bigger boy. I remember seeing Ollie Smith in the, the age grade categories, and he was, he was a slight boy, very... He's very much bigger Hawkins, than you he, expect a 19 or 20-year-old kid to be. Like he's, yes. he's blossoming into a fair unit. Yes, and he's he's retained his pace. I think what Ollie Smith brings that you know actually, and it was funny watching the. I don't know if you've seen the the BT Sport lie detector test with Stuart Hogg. Uh, that was quite amusing, but uh, we'll maybe touch on that and hands it up. <laughs> um, but Stuart was talking about you know under a high ball. He was actually the, one of the things was. Under a high ball, are you concentrating on the high ball or do you get distracted? And he's like, no, I definitely get distracted because it's like the most horrible thing in the world to actually have to go up for a high ball. And I'm like, well, isn't that your job? Anyway. Uh... I See, I concentrate on the ball because if I'm not 100% concentrated on it, I will drop it every single time. I'm just uh, not as good as Stuart Hogg. Well, doesn't Stuart Hogg have a reputation for not being great under the high <laughs> ball, though? Perhaps, perhaps we're finding out what the issue is here. <laughs> he's dreaming about his chicken korma he's having after the game. So, uh, But Ollie Smith's high ball game is brilliant. He is, he is really, really secure under the high ball, and I think this is where Bernard Foley is obviously he's going to be there or thereabouts or Australia. He kicks a lot of ball. How Smith deals with that at 15, I think the first couple of balls that come up they're going to be high. They're going to, there's going to be some pretty chunky back rows coming down Ollie Smith's channel. And I think if he can handle that first couple, then I, th- I think Smith could be on for a great game. Um, and also has a massive kicking game to boot as well. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to remember, I forgot who they've got playing fullback. Because uh, I know oh, is yeah, I've got yes. it. I've got it. I've got it here. No, I don't. They don't have the Australia team in this article. That's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I saw it this morning. Yeah, I know they've got. So again, the news that kind of come out. I mean, it's a good Australia team that they put out actually. Uh, certainly in the backs as well. There's a lot of exciting backs in there. Um, not that I think like a Dave Rennie side. You'd always expect them to play exciting rugby, but I don't think. Um, I don't, I don't think it's Tom Banks right. is playing fullback. I Tom, that's it's Tom Banks, yeah, uh, yeah. So again, he's a very, very talented, talented rugby player. He'll, he'll, he'll do well there. Uh, that's an interesting shout from Harley himself. 
given how fragile, <laughs> given how fragile their backs were in the rugby championship, running through Australia might not be a bad shout. Do you know <laughs> what? Did they go through every single game of the rugby championship with an injury in the warm up? I think they might have not much not far off it. Injury in the warm up, and then at least two concussions each game, uh, or at least serious injuries. So. Uh, yeah, maybe that's the tactics. Maybe that's what we're going for. So who knows? Um, obviously, we touched on the, the the backs and the bench as well. George Horn, um, let's again say, rewarded for his form this season, uh, and it's nothing to do with not having a, a you know um, another goal kicker available. Uh, Ross Thompson <laughs> is there, who is a pretty decent goal kicker, and Damien Hoyland. Apparently, so because the Chelly game. He played the Chile game, didn't he? And mm-hmm. then was sent home. Yeah. Now, the Chile game was non-capped. So, technically, that means Damien Hoyland hasn't played an international match in five years. Which I was a bit perplexed about. Yeah. I'm surprised at that. Because, um, again, we've had a lot of really, like, I don't want to say rubbish matches, but we've had <laughs> matches where someone like Damien Hoyland would be a good option. Just yeah, to- matches that would be an opportunity for Damien Hoyland. Yeah, but like Tonga last year, for example. Yeah, Tonga last year, where we were perhaps playing a a, a fullback at ten. Yep, and, and a winger just, at fullback, and a winger at fullback. Yeah, exactly. So opportunities missed, shall we say? Um, let's come on. Um, let's come on to the forwards now. Um, we. There's a, maybe a couple of surprises in here, but we'll go through the forwards in, in true style. And we'll go one, one to eight. An audible gasp from the housewives of the central belt when the team came out. Exactly. Yes. Yes. They were. They were. I mean, we we're doing our best to do impressions of them, but obviously, <laughs> it's like it's like if you ordered Dave Cherry off a wish, this is what you get. <laughs> <laughs> so. Right. So um, we have we have Craig's favourite, Pia Schumann, in the one shirt. Housewives favourite Dave Cherry in two, um, Fight Club favourite Xander Fagerson at three, and I'm running <laughs> out of things to go with now. So uh, Sam Skinner and Grant Gilchrist, the Edinburgh duo, make up the second row. Uh, Jamie Ritchie uh, installed as captain. Uh, he will play at six. And then you've got Hamish Watson and Matt Fagerson uh, completing that back row. For me, back row was much a muchness when, when all those players were available, when there was injuries to uh, Rory Darge, that, for me, removed almost all the debate in that back row, apart from one player. And we'll come on to that when we get to the bench. But, that, I mean, it's, it's good to be in a Scotland, a Scotland team where a settled back row is no yeah. bad thing. And having yeah. Jamie Ritchie back is crucial. Definitely. I think Jamie Ritchie, more than anybody else, is going to be the player that makes or breaks this. Autumn Nations series for us, um, and I'm the same as you. I very like it was always going to be three of those four for me of Richie, Watson, Fagerson, and Darge, and it just comes down to who's the fittest. And obviously, Darge had that bit of a nightmare injury, and and that's kind of taken all the questions out. So yeah, yeah. So and talking about the this, so the second row is a bit of an interesting one. So most people were obviously expecting Scott Cummings to be in there. Yeah, like why not announce that he's injured before they put the team out? Exactly. Yeah, that, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> because we have it's to like they, it's like they like to wind people up. Oh, they do. They love it. They love it. Whoever's the the team release match experience work day kids that they get to do it must just love a bam up. He's he's sitting there <laughs> sitting there with his I, I imagine him as sitting there with an apple juice, like a wee a wee carton of apple juice. Doing his team release, just going, ha ha, I'll show yeah. these guys. Yeah. Like, it's not like Scott Cummings broke his toe at quarter to three, is it? Like, they no. knew he was out. Why yeah. do you not announce that first and then announce the team? Yeah, yeah. So, that, yeah, as Johnny says, Scott Cummings, broken toe, so he'll be out, out the autumn series. Um, Glenn Youngs has been called up to replace him and then has mm-hmm. been parachuted straight onto the, uh, onto the bench, um, meaning Richie Gray is not available for Glasgow. And is not playing for Scotland. Uh, and that is the situation we find ourselves in. But Gilchrist and Gilchrist for me, Gilchrist and Skinner, right? So Skinner's started, he's, he's doing exactly what you would expect at Edinburgh. He is, he's big, he's abrasive, 
He is dynamic. He's got that back row experience. I, I like Sam Skinner. I, I love Sam Skinner. And I'll tell you what, Sam Skinner and Jamie Ritchie are what Scotland has been missing for a long time because they are just horrible. Like, yeah. proper, like you would want to punch them if they weren't on your team. And and Scotland have, have missed that for a really, really long time. Basically since Jim Hamilton, but, but Sam Skinner and Jamie Ritchie managed to pair it with also being capable at rugby. So... Yeah, they, they tend to stay on the good side of the referee as well as yeah. being horrible to play against. Um, yeah, Grant Gilchrist is in there, obviously captain for the summer. Um, I've voiced my thoughts on Grant Gilchrist quite a few times, but uh, Al was finest himself. Um, I, I mean. He's available, I guess. That's the best I can muster. I like him. He's been playing well. That's and that's he's, fine. He's, he's a good light out operator as well. Yeah, he is. I've he said loves that. A, he loves a snatch. I've By which that. I mean he loves to steal a light out. <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> <Deary> me. <laughs> Just to clarify, we are suggesting that Grant Gilchrist uh, loves to um, get get involved in the opposition lineout and uh, <laughs> occasionally snaffle some ball from <laughs> snaffle's a better word. Snaffle yeah, right is the word you were looking for, my son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, Dave Dave Cherry on the uh, on, on the on the start here. Um, that that kind of surprised a few people, but again, he's playing in a success. Or a, like, Let's say a successful Edinburgh team. He's playing in an Edinburgh team that seemed to be full of confidence. Has that maybe swayed it over? Well, Ashman's not available this weekend. Uh, and uh, George Turner, you know, Turner's been decent for Glasgow. Again, he's a fairly consistent player. Yeah, I just think, uh, like, I guess for me, probably what's made it with George Turner, the Glasgow lineout has been a shambles this season. Yeah, I'd, Whereas, I'd, I'd wonder if that's why Richie Gray is not in the team and George Turner's on the bench. And I also wonder if, if getting a decent crack on Saturday is Dave Cherry's chance to get on the bench. Because at the moment, the two I'd be taking into the, the tests once they're all available would be Turner and Ashman. Yeah. So I wonder if, if if Cherry's been given the start on Saturday to say, right, go out and, and prove to us why you should be one of the two. You're not necessarily going to be the starter for four games, but if you want to be on the bench... Show us why. Yeah, and it's it's interesting, isn't it, that we've went for so we've went for but probably well, so Cherry's decent in the loose, but generally what he is known for is his kind of security in that you know people consider him probably the best line out thrower that um Scotland have available to them uh, at this point. Um it will be an area Scotland look to target. Is that that Australian set piece? Um, Australia, we've got James Slipper, uh, we said. Um, Glasgow, well, Glasgow, Scotland have picked Glasgow prop, uh, <laughs> Fagerson at three, and then the evergreen WP Nell, um, is, is the second second prop available with uh, Murphy Walker heading back to Glasgow. I, we've talked about the Nell thing. A few times, being that he's thirty-seven, he's by all accounts playing well at Edinburgh. Um, will Nell go to the next World Cup? I honestly think he will. Like, barring barring something exceptional happening, yeah, with one of the other tight ends in the country, I think he will. Like. Nobody, despite most of them being like 10 years younger than him, nobody has shown a reason that they should be going instead of him. And obviously, on Saturday, Australia bringing Taniella Tupo off the bench, um, a lot of people are are scared of Taniella Tupo. I don't think WPNL is. I don't think, there's, I don't think there's anything that that reserve Australia bench front row is bringing on that WPNL hasn't seen before and doesn't really care about. Yeah, and that's no. that's what you want in a in a prop like that is just like to to endlessly not be phased. Yeah, just go. That's fine. Yeah, especially if they get 
the game breaks down a wee bit. There's a few few set pieces, and it, you know what you get with Neil. That's the thing. You know what you get. It's consistent. It's set piece orientated. Yes, he can carry. We've seen that. But with Neil, what you get is a world class world class scrummager who, as you rightly say, is has been there, seen it, done it. Got got um, barbecue ribs down the t-shirt. He's fine. He's all good. So the other the other reserves. So we've got George Turner uh, on the bench, as we suggested. Jimmy Batty, who again has had a decent start to the season at Glasgow, not 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 world class or anything. WP Nell, and then second row, as we'd said, Glenn Young has kind of come in but again. Seems to be rewarded for some sort of form. He's he's had a decent start to the season, probably. Deserves to be in there. Probably deserve to be in the squad first time round, actually, as well. But <laughs> you know, let's let's rectify our mistakes, Gregor. We've set the precedent. Now you know what to do next week. Yeah, just now fix. deal with the proper one. Yeah, just fix it. You've taunted us with this one. Just fix it. Um, and then coming on to the the main the main one. Let's spend go. a wee bit of time here. Uh, so Jack Dempsey. As as was announced, has declared for Scotland and has been named on the bench against the country of his birth, the country he represented um, fourteen times. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Around about fourteen times. So Dempsey's going to be the first player for Scotland to do under the new regulations, where if you're stood down for three years, you can, uh, if you qualify for another country. Uh, not through residency, it must be said. If you qualify for another country by birthright, you know, p- grandparent, parental, etc., you can declare for that other country. We've seen quite a lot of the Pacific Island teams have had this happen. We saw it last autumn, uh, where, where Tonga started naming a, a World Eleven, a World Fifteen, sorry, of uh, All Blacks or former All Blacks. Scotland are going to are picking Dempsey. Dempsey is qualified for us, and it's. For me, I, you know my views on this. It's a no-brainer. I like a guy of that quality. He was in a back row with Michael Hooper, who he'll be playing against at the weekend potentially. <laughs> um, you know, David Pocock. These are these are big names. He was picked in that in that was he's a very good player, and he gives Scotland something we haven't had for a long time at eight. Yeah. And you know, in, in the same way that I said that that Skinner and and Richie bring a bit of niggle and a bit of horribleness, so does Jack Dempsey. And Jack, but Jack Dempsey brings it by just running over people. Yeah, like he is tough, and that's something that you know, like you rightly say, we haven't had for quite a long time in Scotland. Matt Fagerson's not as he's not bad at it. No, he's there's not. A reason, there's a reason why he's still starting because he does a lot of it as well. But yeah. yeah when you bring Jack Dempsey on, you know what you're getting, and that is a really hard time for for the fringes of the other teams. So. Yeah, and I know a lot of people have. So there's obviously there's been a lot of discussion about the, let's say the morality of of the pick, and you know you know how the rugby community does love to get itself tied in knots about you know what's right and what's wrong, but ultimately for me. And you know, again, if you're if you're watching us live, guys, and you've got a view on it, please pop it up into the chat for us. We'll get we'll, we'll try and cover it. But ultimately, for me, this is no different to the regulations on residency. It's no different to the situation where you know, like even even when the regulations on kind of qualification for a country were developed many many years ago, and who 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 qualifies, and do you have this passport or that? It, you are eligible to play for a country that, and and therefore, you know, we've not. This is not unique. We've had this happen in the past. There's been players who have switched countries. There's been players who played for two different countries at two different sports. This is not a. It's not a unique situation, and I think, I think it's a really good decision by World Rugby to allow this because I think it then precludes wealthy countries. From setting, and obviously we're not talking about well Australia, not exactly the most wealthy uh, rugby nation in the world, but you know, in in global terms, they are they're a big big country, and we're not talking about that in this situation. But ultimately, it allows people to 
come back when they maybe don't make it. And I think I'm all for that. Like you get that in the club game, and I don't think it's in rugby's best interest to be getting players like Jack Dempsey, guys like Fekatoa, guys, uh, you know, guys who've played at the highest level, but because of selection policies or because of just the way things have worked out, they can't play international rugby. We want to see these guys playing international rugby. And if they are eligible, it's a global, global community these days. We all, we all, you know, so many people have dual qualification or dual citizenship or the ability through their parents or grandparents to play or represent other countries. I think it's incredible that we get this opportunity to see what is a really, really good player and Jack Dempsey represents Scotland. So, I mean, I'm I'm really excited about it, obviously. Uh, and, you know, I really enjoyed my tenor uh, that I got off Ian for it as well, which was, which, to be fair to him, he did pay up just to, you know, obviously there was some dubiety as to whether he would pay up. Uh, but no, fair play to him. That money was resting in my PayPal in no time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say that that going from Australia to Scotland is probably not what they had in mind when World Rugby changed that rule. Yes. But that's the rule. So I, I, I don't think any of these people who are complaining about it outside of Scotland, obviously, um, would turn that opportunity down if it came to them. Yeah. Do you know, like, if, uh, if it turned out that Bowden Barrett had an Irish mum... And for whatever reason, hadn't played for three years for for the All Blacks. I doubt that that the Irish rugby community would be going. Oh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how the morality of this looks, lads. I think they'd be saying, "Bowden, how how do you feel about Green?" Yeah, <laughs> like it just so happens that it's come it's come to us first. Um, I don't think anybody else would would act any differently, to be honest, given the opportunity that we've been given. Because, like you rightly say, Jack Dempsey's a phenomenal player, and he qualifies because his dad's Scottish. He is half Scottish. He's done his three years of not playing for Australia. He's got a Scottish parent. He's got the opportunity to get back into international rugby. Of course, he's going to play. Of course, he is. Yeah, I, and, that, and I think the point you make there about other countries, it, it's, it is a bit frustrating because the narrative, the way the narrative works out, it always seems to be that Scotland get the flack for these situations where it's like, oh, you know, the... The, the, well, the kilted Kiwis all those years ago and then the jock box, as they were known for a wee while. And uh, we tend to get the flat for this when we're not we're not the only country doing this. Like, let's be clear. Ireland, yeah. I've got... I've got you, Ireland made a huge deal team. about... Yeah, they made a huge deal about beating the All Blacks in summer. They had three New Zealanders in their team in their yeah. starting 15 and an Australian. Exactly. So... Let's again. I think it's back to the point you made earlier on. Could we all just be a bit decent about this and not do the whole, you know, you've got this many people? If back to what I've said previously, Jack Dempsey takes the field on Saturday, he's Scottish, he's qualified for Scotland, he's committed to Scotland, therefore, he is Scottish. And I will continue to challenge everyone who then goes about that the ageing Australian route or, you know, any of that. And I know Craig does that flippantly. He doesn't laugh, but he's, you know, there's other people out there that will refer to him as Australian Jack Dempsey. And from Saturday onwards, he is not Australian, he's Scottish. So um, Can I just say, by the way, I really need to quickly jump back because I can't let the opportunity pass me by without saying, as well as three New Zealanders and an Australian, Ireland obviously had... The through and through, definitely, definitely South African Josh van der Fleer playing for them as well. <laughs> Johannesburg's finest Josh van der Fleer. Yeah, yeah. Johannesburg's finest Dubliner. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that, this is it. I know, don't, don't tell them. This, this <laughs> is it. You know, the, the thing is, like, you have to. You have to play the rules that are in front of you. And let's be honest, Ireland have been very good at playing the rules um, in front of them for many, many years. And I'm sure, um, I'm sure that the with the change of broadcaster for the URC that's upcoming, um, that will lead us nicely into the URC stuff that we'll touch on very quickly. Uh, with the change of broadcaster, um, perhaps 
who knows, maybe we will be able to see replays in Ireland, finally, uh, that, that cover what we actually need to see. Wow, TMO's everywhere. I'll be thrilled. <laughs> uh, yeah, just just uh, for those who don't know, Premier Sports has been bought by Viaplay, uh, which is, uh, well, it was originally a, a, a UK company, but uh, it's mainly based in, in Scandinavia. Um, they, they have bought the rights. They will be transferring over as of 1st of November. So this will be your last weekend of Premier Sports, people. Enjoy mm-hmm. it. Uh, there's still no mention of what will happen with subscriptions. The... Um, uh, the cost of a subscription may go up because you will also be treated to some wonderful Nordic crime drama, uh, which I am all in for. I'm quite excited about that because I do love a I do love a Nordic crime drama. Um, but yeah, so URC, um, we will probably cover this more in Hands of the Ruck, Johnny. But URC is back this weekend. Um, final final match before the international break. Glasgow have got Benetton. Uh, at home, which um, you know my views on Benetton. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd keep them to yourself before this weekend if I was you. Would, would yeah, be my I, prediction for the weekend. I I am I am intrigued to see how what is a relatively um, balanced Glasgow side goes. Um, we we will see. Yeah, I mean it's a big uh, big big uh, big game for Glasgow. Um, not. They've not been beaten at home in quite some time. So, you know, that record needs to continue. Uh, and then on Sunday, we've got uh, Edinburgh, who are down at Cardiff Blues, um, to see if the Edinburgh juggernaut can continue its um, inevitable march towards the top four. Uh, I'm hoping that you've frozen, Johnny, and that you've not just pulled a face at me. <laughs> I think it's a bit of both. <laughs> For, for a start, I think they're only called Cardiff Blues every second or third month. Are they not maybe Cardiff Rugby at the moment? Are I'm they, sure are they'll, they? they'll they'll be Cardiff Blues again by the time we're by the time. Okay, Edinburgh, right? no, you're, abs- you're absolutely right. On on this website, they are indeed Cardiff Rugby, so they are not the, the Cardiff, Cardiff Blues. The Cardiff Blues or the Cardiff Rugby Blues or Blues Rugby of Cardiff. What I don't know. Blues. They've got a different name every week. The rugby of the blues variety in the Cardiff region. <laughs> yeah. So, well, Edinburgh are down there, and obviously, we'll be, we've not got the team for Edinburgh yet, but they'll be looking to, uh, with the 13 players that Edinburgh have contributed to the Scotland squad this weekend, Edinburgh will be looking to go down there and put in another sterling performance, and hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll get that. Uh, yeah, currently the, the the rugby's formally known as the blue, as blues. Love it. Uh, I- thanks. I think that Harley, I've got to be extra careful here, is a Scarlets fan. Right. Tell me in a second if he's not. He will. It's um, going to pop up in he, just a second. He'll keep. He'll keep you right with what the Welsh franchises are all called. Yeah. Which we do need help with. Wait, no, it's maybe Ospreys. It's maybe Ospreys. So, oh, well, I mean, what you've just picked two of the four. Like, <laughs> well, it's not a Dragons fan because no one's a Dragons fan. So no one's a Dragons fan. No Cardiff. Is it Cardiff? Cardiff. Well, there you go. Oh, I'm lucky. Okay, Harley. I thought so, I thought Harley. Uh, but was yeah, I'll I'll also be... Yeah, that's true. He is a doctor after all. But um <laughs> I uh, I mean I'll be a Cardiff fan on Sunday as well, of course. And <laughs> no, I would I would I would I would just uh that jokes don't don't at me. Um but yeah, I mean I can see I I can see both teams doing well this weekend. I think um again a big test of the Edinburgh momentum. Uh, that I just uh, let me just get this out. I can't get my head around the momentum because <laughs> the record doesn't say that they've done. Yeah, they've got bonus points, right? They've got losing bonus points, but they're not. It's not the record of a championship winning team. It's not the record of a top four team that they've got at the moment. It's uh, yeah, it's really weird because. I was on here last week saying how good Edinburgh were. I think yeah. Edinburgh have been really good all season. They've looked really good all season, and they have. They've put together some great performances. There's been some incredible highlight reels. Darcy Graham and Bill Mata stand out for having had a phenomenal season so far. Everything yeah. about them looks really good. Everything you see about them looks really good. Everything you hear about them sounds really good. Everything about them sounds really good. 
but they haven't won any more games than Glasgow have. No. Well, they have now because Glasgow didn't play at the weekend. But I don't, I don't get it because I'm fully on board with how great they are. And I know they have, and I, like, in my head, I know they haven't won that many games, but I'm still sitting here every week going, yeah, Edinburgh are really good. Like, I think they're on, they're on to something. They're, they're, they've been so good. Why aren't they winning all their games? It's it's the most bizarre thing, isn't it? So... It's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll see we'll see how Edinburgh go anyway. Um, and Glasgow, obviously, at home to Benetton. Um, again, I, th- I think a strong Glasgow side that's been picked... Um, uh, Minotti at 10 over uh, Tom Jordan, who is on the bench. Some A lot of experience. Again, Glasgow showing within this window. You know, obviously, we've, we've talked about players that can't join the Scotland camp because of the international window not, not being open. That also stands true for the, for the two um, Scottish uh, pro teams in that, you know, guy, we're, we're able to pick guys like Cancellari, um, you know, they are they are available to Scotland uh, to to Glasgow at this point. So there's a benefit there, and I think Glasgow have put out an experienced side that will be there or thereabouts. There's a couple of young boys um, about to become warriors for the first time. Yeah, uh, which is always always nice to see. Um, Alex Samuel will be starting in the second row. You've got, I'm just skimming down the team here just now, you've got Ewan Ferry potentially making a debut off the bench as well. And uh, Franco Smith persisting with the 6-2 split as well, which um, just does seem to be his thing. But I would never have had Glasgow as a 6-2 team, but there you are. No. There you are. That is, that is Franco's prerogative. And I'm not going to say in Franco we trust, but in Franco... On you go, son. You're fine. Um, Franco, we're developing a bit of a fondness. In Franco, we are kind of a bit perplexed, but still not as traumatised as we were last season. But we're also a bit dubious, but still at home, we're pretty good. Yeah. Not not catchy, but pretty accurate. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's an acronym we can come up with or something. But, (laughs) like... um, Yeah, so... That is us. We've um, we've delved into. Uh, oh, last thing to note: um, we 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 are aware of the women's Ro- rugby world cup. We are going to dedicate dedicate a proper episode to it. We'll review the world cup once it's finished. Obviously, Scotland have Scotland's participation in the rugby world cup for the women has now ended. Uh, they took a bit of a battering off of New Zealand, which will come as no surprise to anyone. New Zealand being an incredible team, um, Scotland. They, they stuck in there, they done what they could, but ultimately New Zealand were far too strong for them, uh, which we would have all predicted at the start of the tournament anyway. Um, to be within a few points of two wins in a Rugby World Cup group featuring Australia and Wales is an incredible achievement for the women, though, and we will, as I say, we'll, we'll cover it in much more depth and we'll look at the, look at the way that's panned out for them. But the, for me... Just from a results perspective, I think I'm incredibly proud of what they've achieved out there and the performance in in particular. Yeah, oh, phenomenal. Um, Anybody who was around for Hands in the Rock uh, last week is aware of, I have some thoughts on the level of support that they were given to go to a World Cup. And I think with even just a little bit more support, we'd be talking about this in in a whole different way. Because um, they were so so close in both of the first two games. I'll be be honest. I did kind of, I kind of chickened out asking Chris about that the other day. I didn't think it would be appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> My mate Johnny says she's a rubbish kicking coach. Uh, yeah, where were you? Where were you? <laughs> where were you, Chris? Were you hanging out with the BT guys again? Where were you? Uh, yeah, so I, I didn't ask him that, but um, yeah. So yeah, we will cover the women's game in much more depth um, in a future episode once the World Cup's finished. Um, also to note this weekend, it is, it's the Super 6 final, uh, Ayrshire, Ayrshire Bulls and Watsonians in the final. Um, previous Both previous winners, or well, one winner, one sprint winner, um, got potential to be a cracking game of rugby. So yeah, um, if you're looking for any information on that, get yourself onto the, the, the Tinter web and the, there's obviously 
tickets available, able to go along and see that. You'll see some uh, amazing potential uh, future stars of Scottish rugby. Um, because obviously Super Six is meant to be a development pathway to professional game. Um, and but I think it's going to be a cracking game. Um, the predictions that we've had. Um, our resident Super Six expert, Mr. Ian Hay, who can't be with us tonight. Oh, I'm surprised he hasn't jumped out like you know Candyman. Now I've mentioned them, but <laughs> um, Ian can't be with us tonight. But uh, he has said Eero will probably sneak it in his opinion. Uh, he thinks they're the, they're the better side and they might sneak it. Um, and because it's Ian, me and Johnny have uh, agreed to completely disagree with him. And we will, we will be Watsonian. No, I will not be Watsonian's fans for the weekend. But yeah, so it should be a good game of rugby. I believe it's on free sport as well, I like all is. the games have been on. So, you know, check that out uh, if you're looking for a wee rugby fix over what should be an amazing weekend of rugby uh, for, for, for all fans. Um, with that, we will now move on to our paid paid for content. So we are we are off to dial behind this, the the subscription paywall. We're going to go and get some Nordic drama on. It's going to be very exciting. Um, if you if you're paid up and you want to come and join us, please come along. Drop your comments. You know we're going to cut loose about a few topics. So uh, uh, planes, trains, and automobiles may come into some people's reckoning today. Um, but for now. It is goodbye from me and goodbye from Johnny. Bye, all.